The Scott Morris agenda consists of exactly two things. One, Scott. Two, Boris. And this, in no coincidence, also happens to be the agenda of Major League Baseball's Players Union. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. Comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or hockey. I also offer up daily shots of Steelers and Penguins where you found this. I feel like I need to open every recitation about the owner's ongoing lockout by underscoring that I'm not on the side of the owners or the players. I'm on the side of putting in a fair system. I'm on the side of economic balance that makes everyone at least start from the same point. It doesn't need to be everybody right at the same level. It doesn't need to be a hard cap. It needs to be something. And the reason, the principal reason so far that it isn't something is Boris, the agent to a lot of baseball's more prominent and wealthy players. All Boris cares about, all he's ever cared about, is the well-being of the Boris Corporation, which is what it's actually called. Anything at all in the sport, in the industry, that negatively impacts the Boris Corporation is bad. Anything that positively impacts it is good. And that's never been more obvious than during this lockout. He has exposed himself in the worst, ugliest way. First, the last time he spoke, ripping the Atlanta Braves as unworthy champions because they didn't spend up to the levels of the Yankees, Red Sox, and of course the Dodgers. They were phony. They came in late, added some players at the deadline, but never any point kissed the ring of Boris and reached out to him the previous offseason to try to compete in the bidding for some of his precious clients. And now, just yesterday, in an interview with Atlanta-based writer David O'Brien, who's covered the Braves for years, Boris had this to say. You'll want to sit down for this. This guy's unbelievable. Quoting directly, I think when you introduce that cancer, that non-competitive cancer into the sport, the local fan does not go to the ballpark with the intent of having his team win every day. And I think we have to reintroduce that into our game. Pause here. I actually agree with that. I agree with that. Teams like the Pirates have taken the whole concept way too far. The Pirates' payroll is less than half of what it should be, even now, in a clear rebuilding phase. That's fair. That's fair. Boris goes on to say, this is not a quote, but a paraphrasing. When Major League Baseball put a cap on the draft in 2011, the league essentially forced teams to rethink their strategies leading to clubs selling off free agents in a race to the bottom to acquire the best draft picks possible. 
Yes, and part of the reason that the draft cap was put in was to keep the Pirates from spending a lot and outbidding other teams. But, but, but continuing here, Boris added that this model has given the fans that mindset that losing is okay. Then he went after the Tampa Bay Rays. This is this is what gets me. Just just wait. I, wait till you hear the stuff about the Rays. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern. That's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. One of the beautiful things about the Rays' mere existence is that they flaunt how smart they are right in the faces of the richest teams or some of the couple of the richest teams in baseball the Yankees and the Red Sox, the AL East, it was the impossible challenge that teams like the Rays, the Orioles, could never overcome, could never be competitive in that division, not in a million years because of the money difference. And the Rays come along, they're so much smarter than everyone else. They figured out a way to do this without needing to spend significant dollars, without really wanting to spend significant dollars. And oh, by the way, not really having significant dollars to spend. Anyone who's familiar with the Ray Stadium situation, their attendance, and the mausoleum in which they play in St. Petersburg, where there are no fans, would know that for every owner like Bob Nutting, where his integrity comes into question, you think he's pocketing the money, whatever else here, no one really does that with the Rays. No one thinks the Rays are running off with cash, they just see the situation as what it is. That, of course, doesn't fit the Boris narrative, so he's got to try to twist it, which he attempts to do with the following. And Back to quoting directly. Yeah, really, as good as they've done down in Tampa Bay, remember, they have not won yet. Remember that their ability to be competing at the highest level in a 10- or 15-year period It's a very small margin of years. So it's not like one of the franchises that really invests every year, and they're in it 7 out of 10 or 6 out of 10 years. For Tampa, it might be 3 or 4 out of 10. But the reality of it is, these cycles are driven by the sell-off of commodities to get the younger commodities. And while that may get you the playoffs without having the depth of veterans, it's unlikely you're going to ever win the prize. Oh my God, where do I even start with this? The playoffs in the World Series are, according to everyone, everyone who partakes in Major League Baseball, a crapshoot. That's the only reason that you see baseball having rotating World Series champions and their self-proclaimed parody. There's no such thing. Look at the teams who are getting into the playoffs year after year after year, and you'll see it's the ones who are spending. Source, Scott Boris. 
Said so right there. Said you can't compete without spending. But wait a second. The Braves just won it all. And they didn't spend. To Boris's satisfaction. Unworthy champions, right? Well, what changed? And while I'm at it, no team in the AL East has been more consistently competitive, given itself more of a chance to win year after year after year than the Rays. Does he not follow baseball, or does he only follow the teams that insanely partake in his bidding processes? The Rays are up there every single year. The Rays make moves that would be unpopular with their fans, if they had any, by sending out guys like Blake Snell at absolute peak value and reloading up their farm system. Anyone who follows minor league systems, even casually, knows that the Rays are murdering everyone in that capacity. Still, whatever they have right now in St. Petersburg, as good as it is, probably isn't as good as what they've got coming because they are loaded for bear. They have found a way to beat the system. They have found a way to circumvent Boris. That is literally their only crime, at least in his eyes. Unbelievable. The reason I share this with you isn't that it directly relates to the pirates. It doesn't. They have some dealings with him as far as draft picks and so forth. They're not afraid of him. But it's not that direct a connection. The reason I'm sharing it is because he's running this union. And anybody who hasn't believed me when I've said that on this show for several months now got to see something about a week ago in the New York Times, no less, that underscored how owners are getting increasingly annoyed by believing that they're not dealing with the people they're dealing with when they sit at the table. They believe it's Boris pulling all the strings. This is the guy behind the players. This is the guy behind the union and its stances. And if there's any logic to this other than to fill the coffers of the Boris Corporation, I don't see it. I really don't. When we come back, just one question. Welcome back. Time for J1Q. And today's comes from Jake, who asks, who does DK think will be the Pirates' designated hitter in 2022? I am not, Jake, going to speak of myself in the third person. If and when I someday become a defensive back in the National Football League, I will consider speaking of myself in the third person. But if you really want to know what DK thinks of the Pirates' designated hitter status this coming year, here's what DK thinks. It's going to be Yoshi Tsutsugo. End of answer. 
And the only reason I'm being abrupt here is I got like a handful of these over the weekend. I have no idea why. How did this subject, which seems so set, so very firm and in place, become a thing over this weekend? If anyone knows, feel free to share because I, I don't get it. Yoshi is your classic case of a DH. He's everything you'd want in a DH, up to and including not being any good in the field. He's perfect for it. And if you look at Yoshi and the Pirates signing that one-year, $4 million, no real risk on either front deal that they did just before the lockout, it couldn't be clearer what it was for. They knew Ben Charrington and his staff, that the DH would be put in. The DH has been put in. Yoshi knew that too. Yoshi knew there'd be a chance for him to get the at-bats that he'd need to get a bigger contract, which he still hopes to get. Maybe it'll be in Pittsburgh. Most likely it'll be somewhere else. He's 30 years old. And the Pirates had absolutely no one in the fold who could have been or would have been a DH. I mean, no one. There isn't even a, there isn't even a, like a multiple choice list you could concoct off the top of your head. Who would you have at DH? Cole Tucker? Kevin Newman? What, what are we talking about here? What are we talking about here? Now, what the Pirates do need, and I invested a whole episode in this just last week, is a first baseman. I'm sure that when they get to Bradenton, if they get to Bradenton, you'll see Yoshi get a lot of reps there. And you'll see Yoshi learn and absorb as much as he can about the position. You might even see him on the field. You'll see a lot of teams put their regular DH in the field just so they don't lose that sense of participating in the game that way. But for a full-time first baseman, you've got to go to the outside. Same conclusion I reached last week. That's That answer's not here. Yoshi's going to be the DH. Someone else, a name that does not yet exist, will be the first baseman. I really believe that. There's no one they could promote. There's no one they could move there. You can get crafty as far as who could play the position, meaning who be able to grab a glove and do the job. But there's a big difference between that and having yourself a capable, a fully capable Major League First Baseman. I appreciate the question. Please let me know where this came from, this whole concept. Because again, yours wasn't the only one. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. We will do another one tomorrow.